Hello, everyone. Welcome to Sit, Stay, Listen with the Kentucky Humane Society. I'm your host, Kate Sayall, Certified Professional Dog Trainer, coming to you from Forward Radio 1065. We are here to answer your questions about your pets, their behavior, and why they do what they do. If there's something that you want to know about on our show, be sure to send us your questions. You can reach us through the Kentucky Humane Society Facebook page, or by our email address, behavior at kyhumane.org. If you want to catch any of our previous episodes, be sure to visit our website, forwardradio.org, and you can find Sit, Stay, Listen under our programs to see an archive of all of our previous episodes and find lots of information about all kinds of behavior questions. So be sure to check that out. So on today's show, we're going to talk about a topic that is really common in dog training world and something that a lot of you might deal with or at least see on a semi-regular basis. Let me paint a scenario. You or one of your neighbors are out walking your dog. You're having a lovely day. Everything's going beautifully. You're enjoying the birds, the sunshine, and then you see another dog walking down the sidewalk. All of a sudden, your dog starts to bark, they pull on the leash, and everything kind of goes to pieces, and all of a sudden, a very pleasant walk becomes not so pleasant. This is behavior that we often refer to as leash reactivity, and it's a surprisingly common behavior. We see this in all shapes, sizes, breeds of dog. It can happen for a lot of different reasons, but it can be a very challenging behavior to work with, and it can make it very difficult to walk our dogs or to enjoy our walks. And so I've brought on one of our trainers, Katie McClellan. She's an Associate Certified Dog Behavior Consultant with the International Association of Animal Behavior Consultants to talk to us about reactivity today. And this is something that Katie specializes in. It is also one of the things that she enjoys working with the most. So I thought she'd be a great person to talk to us about this today. Hey, Katie, thanks so much for coming on. Hey, Kate, thanks for having me. So Katie, I thought we'd start first just talking about what leash reactivity is. Well, leash reactivity is barking, lunging, growling, at the end of a leash, um, when a dog sees something that they want to get to, and that can be a friend, that can be another dog, that can be a bird or a squirrel, and they could want to get to it because they want to say hi, and they're just super excited, or they could want to get to it because they're not so friendly. So basically any barking, lunging, growling at the end of the leash when you're out for a walk or taking your dog to PetSmart or Petco or anything like that. That's what leash reactivity is. Now, you mentioned it briefly. We will see leash reactivity with dogs that maybe do beautifully with their dog friends or even dogs they don't know at the dog park or meeting dogs in all kinds of different scenarios. But you take them for a walk on the leash and they absolutely go to pieces. So tell me about that a little bit. Well, a lot of that is, especially if they are friendly off-leash, is because they can get frustrated. They don't get to go say hi to their dog friend. They don't get to go sniff the other dog as quickly as they want to. And so it's a form of barrier frustration, just like when your dog is barking at 
the window because they can't go say hi to the mailman or the UPS guy. They feel like they want to do it now. They want to go see their dog friend now and they can't. So they get frustrated and they bark and barking is a primary form of communication for dogs. But for us, it can be very embarrassing when our dog is barking, lunging, growling, just acting a complete fool at the other end of the leash. That's what we generally affectionately call our frustrated greeters, our dogs that are otherwise relatively friendly, have decent social skills off leash, but just cannot handle being on leash when they're really wanting to go make or greet a friend. Now, on the other side of the spectrum from our frustrated greeters, we have our anxious, fearful dogs, and then our dogs that are not so friendly. So let's talk a little bit more about our anxious kiddos and what's going on there. Okay. A lot of times our our anxious dogs are, they're conflicted. They want to be friends, but they're not sure how. And that can be just from a lack of socialization. They want to be friends, but they're not quite sure how to say hi, or they're not sure if they want to be friends. And some of this can just be a nervous dog. And some of that can just be a genetic predisposition to being a nervous dog. It can also be lack of socialization. So they never learned how to greet other dogs properly. And it can be frustrating when you've got a dog that you know can get along with other dogs, but they just act crazy on the the leash. Or um, when you try and let them meet other dogs, they go and attack them or growl or bark or snap. And that can be very confusing the first time that that happens because you're like, well, my dog has gotten along with other dogs. Fine. Why are they snapping at this dog? And one of the ways that I will often think of that is even if you have a dog that is friendly with a lot of other dogs, can meet other dogs, has dog friends, and is maybe a little socially awkward, if you will, meeting another dog and then getting afraid. Ultimately, they get into that situation They realize they're afraid and uncomfortable and the response is, oh gosh, I don't want to be in this situation anymore. I'm kind of trapped by this leash. I can't retreat. Maybe if I growl or snap at it, it'll go away. Yes. Dogs are, dogs are very good at realizing that when they growl and snap, it makes the thing stop. Whether that is they get more distance from a dog that they're not comfortable with or you stop clipping their nails when they growl and snap at a nail clip. Dogs are very good at at knowing that that growl and that snap gets the thing to stop. So a lot of working with a reactive dog, and I know this is something that you teach often, is learning to recognize body language and social cues when you're working with your dog and being able to read your dog and understand what's going on before they get to the point of having to make that last ditch effort of maybe if I growl and snap at it, it'll go away. Cause there are generally a whole lot of cues and a whole lot of indicators that happen before our dog gets to that point where they are indicating to us that, Hey, I'm like really, really uncomfortable and I need to get out of this situation. Yes. Dogs are great at body language. It may happen very fast, and it is something that a lot of people need a little bit more education on how to recognize, but that is something that I do every day 
with my clients. Not only do we talk about how to deal with the issue, but I also educate you on dog body language. So you can see when your dog is not okay or when your dog is getting nervous or excited needs to be taken out of a situation before we reach that growl snap bite. Do you have any basic guidance in terms of prevention? My biggest prevention tip is don't let your dogs practice unwanted behaviors. So if you notice that your dog is getting intense, if you notice that your dog is getting frustrated, don't test it. Walk away or end a walk. Don't let your dogs practice unwanted behaviors. I'm big on this one. Don't walk without treats, especially with a new dog. If you see another dog and you're out for a walk and your dog glances at that other dog, hand them some treats. Oh, you looked at another dog and did nothing. That's great. So look for things that you can reward your dog for. If your dog is maybe interested in other dogs, but isn't exactly reacting per se, you can practice some great prevention and keep reactivity from developing by doing exactly that. They glance at the other dog, they might perk their ears and go, ooh, that's interesting. And then give your dog a little smooch, they move on, hand them a bunch of treats. We looked, we moved on, you got rewards. That's great. So always, 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 always walk with your treats. Absolutely. My dogs range from 13 to three and they are still getting treats uh, whenever they make good choices. So regardless of what kind of dog you're working with, there's something that they have in common in terms of how we're handling these dogs. And that's essentially that we do not want to allow those dogs to drag us to whatever it is that they are pulling, lunging, barking at. Even if our dog is friendly, even if our dog is just lunging, barking, pulling, because they want to greet. And I think a lot of us have been in the, oh, it's okay, my dog is friendly situation. Whether we've been on the side of the leash that has been being pulled towards somebody or if we've been on the receiving end. So in those circumstances, if you're out for a walk, you see that other dog coming, what would you say is your absolute first step When you see that other dog and you feel yourself go, uh uh-oh. Go the other way. If you see a dog coming at you, go the other way. Get some distance between you and that dog because that is the best way to prevent your dog from escalating. So giving them more distance is the best way to make sure that the dog is not going to continue to react is not going to continue to bark, lunge, or growl, or won't start bark, lunging, and growling. So just turn around and go the other way. And that would be the case if your dog is the dog that's having a hard time, or if you see another dog having a hard time. Turning around and walking away in that moment is going to be your best option. You're doing your dog a favor, or you're doing the handler another favor. And I know that that feels like running away from a situation. I hear that all the time. I know you do too, but we don't want our dog to keep rehearsing this behavior and try not to think of it as running away. You are practicing good management. 
when a dog responds that way, they are uncomfortable, they're stressed, they are not having a good time. So you're removing your dog from an uncomfortable and difficult situation. And once you walk away and you've identified or you're already aware that you have a behavior that you really need to work on, then you can start to look at how to address that behavior, how to improve it, and what training you need to put in place moving forward. And that's what we're going to look at in the second half of our show. You are here with Sit, Stay, Listen on Forward Radio 106.5 FM. And we will be back after a short break with some original music by John 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 Slater. How your name at all No, I've never seen no lightning Oh, you let it go and call Never hear no thunder How your name Welcome back to Sit, Stay, Listen with the Kentucky Humane Society on Forward Radio 106.5 FM. If you missed the first half of this episode, be sure to go to our website, forwardradio.org. You can catch this episode in its entirety, along with the rest of our episodes of Sit, Stay, Listen. And be sure to check out all of the other programs available on Forward Radio. We are talking to Katie McClellan today. Associate Certified Dog Behavior Consultant and one of our trainers with the Kentucky Humane Society, discussing reactivity, specifically leash reactivity, our dogs that want to lunge and bark at other dogs when we are out on walks. The first half of our show, we talked about what leash reactivity is, understanding what's going on with our dogs, why they might be behaving that way in the first place, and how we can kind of handle that in the moment. And I wanna take the second half of our show to talk about what do we do moving forward? So when you start to look at some of these things, what are some of the basics that you generally start with? I always start with 95% of my dogs, the dogs that let me get close to them and the dogs that are friendly with humans, no matter what the issue is that we are working on. I always start with a touch behavior, which is touching their nose to your hand. And the reason that I do that is because that can then turn into a focused behavior. And you want a dog that on cue will focus on you because they cannot be barking, lunging, and growling at a dog out at the other end of their leash if they are turned and focused on you. And then we work on just staying calm in the presence of other dogs. And depending on why your dog is reacting and how intensely your dog is reacting is going to depend on how we do that. But the trick for a nice, enjoyable walk is to not have your dog exploding at the end of the leash every time they they see another dog. If you know that your dog has this particular behavior challenge, what are some of the most important foundation skills 
that you want to start to focus on with your dog? Well, the first thing that I always tell my clients is don't start a walk excited. A lot of times we get that leash out and our dogs just go crazy. They start barking and they start jumping and they are just so excited because they get to go for a W-A-L-K. Don't even want to say it because some of your dogs may know that and get excited just at the word. So make sure that your dogs start out the walk calmly. Ask them for a sit and put the leash on when they are sitting. Perhaps teach them a weight cue so that they don't lunge out the door before you. And then one of the other things that I consider a good foundation skill is knowing when to take your dogs for a walk. If you have a leash reactive dog, maybe going for a walk at 5.30 when you live in the Highlands is not going to be the best choice because there are going to be too many opportunities for your dog to react too quickly. And it's also can be very hard to give your dog some space if they need it. So set your dog up for success. Don't have them start the walk super excited and make sure you are prepared. So if your dog has a reactive episode, you know how to handle it. And that includes things like taking treats, being able to give your dog some space, using blinds, which we can talk about a little bit later. And when you talk about taking treats with you, we're not messing around with treats. We're not talking about some dried milk bones here. Oh, absolutely not. No, you need a treat that is more exciting than a dog for your dog. So that can be my favorite treats are boiled chicken and string cheese. You can also use store-bought training treats but they need to be the three S's, soft, small, and smelly. So when you do see another dog out on a walk, you want to make sure that that dog means that good things are going to happen. So we don't want to punish our dog for reacting. We don't want to yank on our dog's collar or force our dog into a sit. I always tell my clients, especially when we are beginning these lessons, If your dog is existing in the presence of a trigger, they are getting treats. (laughs) We want to help them learn that every time they see another dog, good things are going to happen, which means that they are going to get those soft, small, smelly treats. They see another dog, a little bit of chicken comes out of the bait bag. They see another dog, a little bit of cheese gets into their mouth. When they see another dog, we want them to learn that good stuff happens but the good stuff is coming from you. So they are going to see another dog and then ultimately look at you because they know that you are going to give them a little bit of a treat for being around another dog calmly. And if you are dealing with a frustrated greeter or if you are dealing with a conflicted greeter where they, they want to say hi, but they're not quite sure how, we actually handle that in two different ways because we want our frustrated breeder to be able to say hi to some dogs, but not be the dog that barks and lunges and growls until they get to say hi. And then with our conflicted breeder who isn't quite sure how to say hi to a dog and might get a little reactive on a sniff, we are going to help them learn that that dog is not going to come up to them 
and say hi. Nothing scary is going to happen because your dog can trust you. Trust that you're going to be there to coach and support them. Yes. And that's where, when we were discussing body language before, becomes so important. So we can say, "Mm, you're having trouble. I think we can walk away when your dog starts to struggle. And that is also a really important reason to bring treats. If your dog stops taking treats, they are too excited. They are too overstimulated, even if they're not barking, lunging, and growling. And you want to change something about that situation so they will feel comfortable starting to take treats again. And initially, I know some dogs we want to greet, some dogs we don't. And when you're trying to make that decision, that's when it is really important to be working with a professional so that you can select the right dogs so that your dog does have a good experience, so that you know how to make those choices, and so that your dog is getting rewarded with those social interactions in an appropriate way at the appropriate time. And because when we have a dog that is in such a high state of excitement, those dogs don't always make great choices. And that is why you don't just want to try this with your neighbor's dog or your best friend's dog without the help of a professional. Because if the dogs are very excited and over aroused, it can easily cause more of a problem than it solves. When I work with reactive dogs, I have my own personal dogs who I know very well and who are trained to stay calm. They are trained to focus on me so that I can focus on the other dog. So you know that when you are utilizing a neutral dog, that that dog is not going to react. They're not going to lunge and bark back. So they're not going to support that reactive behavior. It's a very carefully measured interaction or exposure. And then you can take that dog, put them away and be done. So it's being done in a very measured, very careful way. Absolutely. There are clients that I've had where we don't even do sniffs after three or four sessions. Just simply seeing another dog and not reacting is considered successful. The measure of was this successful is not always can my dog go up and sniff every other dog's butt. Sometimes just simply walking past another dog or having another dog walk past them while they stay calm and controlled is a huge success for a lot of my clients. So sometimes the whole goal is learning to see and then ultimately ignore another dog and walk away. And then for other dogs, it's learning how to calmly and politely approach, say hello, and then move on. Absolutely. And for, especially for my frustrated breeders who want to be friends with other dogs, the biggest success that we help that dog learn is that even though you want to be friends with every dog, that doesn't mean that every dog you encounter is going to want to be friends with you. So helping a dog learn that it's okay to not go say hi to another dog, even though you really, really, really want to, is a successful training session. If you have a dog that is reactive and it doesn't matter if it is a friendly reaction or a not friendly reaction, I always tell people 
your walks are now training walks. So we go out on our walk with the intention of practicing calm behavior around other dogs. And we need to get our dogs exercise some other way. So if you have a fenced in backyard, you can exercise your dog in the yard. Don't use walks as exercise. And if you don't have a fenced in backyard, you can get creative with enrichment, with exercise in the house, because mental stimulation can be just as exhausting, if not more exhausting than physical stimulation. So if you have a dog that's reactive, you're in between training sessions, or you haven't started working with a trainer yet, the best thing your dog can do is ignore another dog or turn and look at you instead. And the best way you can help your dog do that is keep your distance. You're not running away. You're helping your dog do well. So always carry high value treats. Try and walk at a time of day when there is less dog traffic in your neighborhood and always reward your dog for checking in with you, whether there's another dog around or not. Looking at me gets you a really great tasty reward and a jackpot reward if there might be another dog present, even if they're really far away. And remember, the goal is to keep that other dog really far away. And that's where blinds become important as well. I know that's something that you mentioned before. Yes, a blind is basically just a barrier that is going to prevent your dog from seeing the trigger, from seeing the other dog. Sometimes breaking that visual will allow your dog to focus on you a lot easier than if they are constantly looking at the other dog. In my neighborhood where we have street parking, I use cars as blinds quite a bit. You can use buildings as blinds. So there are lots of things you can use in your neighborhood so that your dog has just a chance to not look at that dog, even if it's just for a couple seconds. So when you say that every walk is a training walk, we're not kidding. We need to be very aware of our surroundings. We need to make sure that we are giving ourselves options to be able to create distance from something. And if we can't really create distance, at the very least, we need to be able to have a blind that we can utilize. But you need to go out very intentionally and very mindful of what your goals are. You need to make sure you are always set up to do well. And in those cases, I generally recommend not going too far from home. One, so that you are still in a relatively familiar area, but two, so that you're not stuck three miles from home, your dog has a hard time and you still have a very long way to get back. Absolutely. When I am starting out with clients, sometimes we don't even go more than two or three blocks from our house. Or if we have a dog that's struggling, sometimes the furthest we go is the front sidewalk or we just sit on the porch and practice other dogs walking by calmly while we are on the porch. All right. Anything else you want to share before we go today? Have fun with your dogs. 
I know that sometimes it can be frustrating when you're dealing with a behavior problem, whether it's reactivity or loose leash walking, or your dog just doesn't want to seem to lay down. But always try and have fun with your dogs and appreciate them for who they are in that moment. The Kentucky Humane Society has private training services available. We are working with people in person to get some private training help. Give me a call. My direct number is 502-253-2883, and we are here to help you. Katie, thank you so much for coming on and talking to us today. It's been a pleasure having you, and thanks for all you do for all of our KHS students. I know that you've done so much to help so many of our dog owners out there in Louisville, so thank you. Thank you for having me. Everybody, thank you for tuning in to Sit, Stay, Listen. Don't forget to visit our website, forwardradio.org. Hit that donate button to support all of the other grassroots programming on your community radio station. I think it's time to sit, stay, listen.